Wolves bounce back strong, crushing the Orlando Magic. 113.92. I got Wolves expert Jack Foreman. He's going to help us break it all down. It's all coming up next on the Locked On Wolves Postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everyone? Back in the lab, back at it. Another T-Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Jack Borman. He's on Twitter, at JRBorman13. And the T-Wolves clobber the magic tonight. They moved to 26-10 and 10 on the year. Now 12-8 and 8 on the road. That's tied for third best road record in the NBA. But before we get to all the action, quick reminder, tonight's episode... Brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you place just any $5 money line wager. Check it out. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, let's just jump right into it. Lots to cover because we just watched the best first half performance of the season. Wolves up 30 at the break, 67-37, turning defense into offense. I know that was a major catalyst to their success. Rudy and Cat, I mean, they absolutely dominant right out the gate. Rudy with 15 and 10. He puts up the double-double through 24 minutes of regulation. Towns, meanwhile, 23 points, 9 of 11 shooting, Four for four from three, uh, making it look easy. All while Ant, by the way, only played eight minutes after picking up three early fouls. And Orlando, man, they just couldn't buy a bucket tonight. Wolves' lowest field goal percentage they've allowed this year as the Magic shot 28% from the field from the first half. Let's just start with the first half of play because it was so dominant, so impressive for so many reasons. Uh, Your major headlines, your big takeaways, just to get things off. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you nailed the first two that I had with the Wolves did the, the best job they have all season of, of playing really big. Um, I, I think just the way that, that Carl and Rudy imposed their physicality in the paint uh, in the first half was incredible. Um, you know, I, I think that the the Timberwolves, I believe, were 18 of 24 uh, in the paint in the first half. And that was with Ant mm. taking only one shot in the paint. He made it. Um, but for the rest of the guys to be able to, to seek out the paint, um, both passing and cutting and, and off the drive was was incredible. Uh, I believe Carl had uh, four assists in the first half. Uh, I believe at least three of them were to Rudy Gobert, which was awesome. I thought Rudy did a great job of taking advantage of um, – uh, it was kind of funny. I was thinking of it and wrote it down in my notes right before Jim Pete uh, said it in the broadcast was that uh, a lot of the times uh, the way that the Magic defense was rotating on the backside – um, after the Wolves, you know, ran pick and roll actions, was Rudy Gobert ended up on the low man, which oftentimes ended up being smaller guards uh, and did a great job uh, finishing, you know, catching the ball over these smaller guards and finishing strong inside uh, was a big part of the Timberwolves offense in that first half. Um, so that was that was obviously great to see. Uh, and then on the other half uh, or the other end of the floor, um, Wolves did a great job in the paint. Uh, I believe the Magic were just 7 of 22, 32%. Uh, shooting in the paint, so they did a great job contesting shots. And um, but but the biggest takeaway for me in this first half was just how how much Jaden McDaniel's was all over the place. He was everywhere. He impacted every facet of the game on the defensive end of the floor. He made Paolo Ben Carroll really really uncomfortable. I think Paolo started like one of eight um, 
from the floor. Um, that's Seattle on Seattle crime. I know that that's a big, big basketball city. Those guys all love going up against one another. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was just really special to see. I think, you know, Jaden obviously is, you know, defensive versatility and that he can guard ones, twos, threes, fours, um, really, really well, uh, shut down any of them. Uh, that was on full display again tonight. And, and the great part about, um, you know, Jaden guarding a, a bigger guy like Paolo, who's a, you know, six, nine, six, 10, four, uh, is that he was in to be able to rebound more. Um, I want to say Jaden had five rebounds in the first half, five or six, something like that. Um, ended up finishing with nine rebounds, which I believe uh, either is a season high or tied a season high for, for Jaden. Um, so, so that was, that was really, really strong. And then, and then the Timberwolves were, you know, able to you know, force the magic into taking a lot of tough shots. Uh, they played zone really, really well when Carl Anthony Towns was at the five and that blended starter bench lineup. Um, so they, they really just did everything. The magic did, I guess, everything that the wolves wanted them to do, um, you know, between taking tough contested shots, turning it over and then failing to get back in transition was, um, was all you know, part of that, that master plan in the first half of the wolves. Uh, yeah, well said. I want to ask you a little bit more about Jaden here in a second, but Jeff in the comment section just said, biggest takeaway, Cat's still capable of playing all-star basketball. Um, I know I asked you about him specifically kind of grading his performance the last two games. And, you know, I love it because you always give me honest feedback, right? No bias. You don't go home around the bit. You tell me like it is. And obviously he went off tonight. You'll love to see it. 28 points, five for five from three. I think I'm most intrigued about him because the more I watch this team, the more it feels like, to me anyways, so much of their long-term success, potential run in the playoffs, is really going to come down to which cat you get. Like, for me, I just watch these games. You kind of know what you're going to get from Rudy and Conley, right? Ant, okay, he's still so young. You just know he's going to have some ups and downs, maybe some learning moments at times. But with Cat, now in year eight, if they're going to make a deep run this year, to me, it just feels like you're going to need him to be the guy we saw tonight, more nights than not. Is that a fair assessment? Or what's your thoughts maybe on, on how big of a puzzle piece he is to their success? And I guess, how confident are you that we're going to get this type of cat when it does matter the most? Yeah, I'll start with, uh, I'll start with your last point. And, and I think that it completely hinges on a couple of things. Um, and it ties into my, my big takeaway from tonight was that Carlin and Towns played out of the corner a lot more with the starting five. And that's something that Chris Finch has been, you know, has said, you know, we want to be able to do with Carl, but um, you know, you don't want to just stick him in the corner because we've seen what has happened to Jaden this season when you've stuck guys in the corner, but starts off right away. And Tim rules ran a beautiful Chicago action, which is when a player receives a pin down screen and then flows that into a dribble handoff. So Jaden set a pin down screen for ant who's in the corner. He got a dribble handoff from Rudy got the ball to the middle of the floor and then just threw a laser beam to Carl in the left corner for, for a wide open three to start the game. Carl was two of two from three to start. He plays so much better when he's, when his game starts with, with a three point shot, he was two of two to start and everything flowed from there. His pump and go game is better when defenders are more worried about him shooting threes. The fact that he's made one already, they're going to close out harder to him. Um, so that, that's the big thing for me. If Carl Anthony Towns is willing to play out of the corner more when he's playing with the starting five, um, I'm extremely confident that he'll be able to carry the success forward into the playoffs and be a really consistent performer for the Wolves in the playoffs. Um, you know, three-point shooting isn't something that he's done a lot of from the corner. Um, but the thing is, is the Timberwolves' defense is just so much tougher to stop, and he gets in the way of, 
um, you know, other actions and ants specifically, much less when he's in the corner out there. And and the thing is, is Carl's going to be able to play all over the floor when he's that five man playing blended bench lineups, which is what you're going to see. Like he's the featured go-to guy in those lineups when ant is not on the floor and the wolves do that for a reason. So that Carl can kind of showcase everything he's got and really put, put a bind on the defense. But um, the biggest thing for Carl is he's got to be able to beat single coverage, whether that's in the post on the wing, in the corner, atop the key, whatever it may be, because defenses in the playoffs are going to load up to Ant. Uh, they're going to show two to the ball like they did at the end of that Dallas game. We talked about that. And that's another reason why Carl being in the corner can be a good thing, right? You know, Rudy's already taken up enough space as it is when teams are trapping Ant or showing too high. Um, and if he's just sitting down that that corner, um, there's going to be a lot more room for everyone else to to operate. So, um, I hope that that answered your, your yeah. question. I kind of got off there a little bit, but no, um, definitely De- yeah. that helps me understand his role. And obviously, you know, I get how important he is to the whole thing. And, and, and look, you know, kind of echoing you, like when he's playing strong ball, when he's playing great defense, you know, when he's active offensively, when he's kind of diversifying his game up with the three point shots that you saw tonight, five for five and the post-up opportunities down in the paint, all those things he can do. And then on top of that, maybe most importantly, I just, I, I see it now watching so many of these games on a night in night basis when he's sharing the ball, when he doesn't get that tunnel vision, when he buys into the team basketball, he's not playing the hero ball, all that stuff from everything I've watched. That's truly when this team is at its best and, and looks like a potential, you know, I don't want to say championship team quite yet, but you know what I mean? It, they look like they're at their peak. They're at their best. That's just my two cents. And I just hope this is the year he can be the guy we need him to be in those tough playoff games when the lights are the and, brightest. Because and, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and to Carl's credit, I mean, it was a tale of two halves of the series against Denver last year. Like in the, That's true. In the That's second a great half point. Of the, in the second half of the playoff series last year against Denver, I mean, Carl was awesome um, yes. in the second half of that series. And it was a huge reason why the Wolves, you know, kind of punched above their, uh, their weight class a little bit with how shorthanded they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of was a perfect uh, – you know, vision, I guess, of what this Timberwolves team can look like when Ant and Carl both have it rolling in the playoffs. So I think, um, you know, it's, it's twofold, really. It's, it's Chris Finch, you know, coming up with enough plays to really kind of weaponize Carl when he's out there with the starters, but it's also on Carl to be willing to, you know, take a back seat to a certain degree. Cause I'm sure he views playing in the corner as a back seat a little bit, um, you know, for him to just kind of get into the flow, get in the rhythm of the game, help everyone else get going. And then, uh, excuse me. And then uh, when he's out there as the five man and those blended lineups, he can really just put his uh, you know foot on the gas and floor it. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Yeah. Phenomenal night tonight by cat. And, and again, you just hope it continues to carry over through the regular season and into the playoffs. Um, you touched on it, but Jaden McDaniels uh, one for 10 Sunday versus the Mavs. Boy, he really bounced back. His defense on Banchero really helped kind of dictate what the wolves were able to do on both ends of the court, didn't it? And, he seemed to kind of get that confidence. I think he started the game maybe 0 for 2, a couple threes he threw up. Uh, eight boards to go along with these 12 points, though. And, and again, I think the defense is really where he shined tonight. I know you kind of touched on the broad overview of J-Mac, but how important was it for him to get a little confidence back shooting the ball as well? Yeah, we talked about that after the Dallas loss. Like, uh, Did you think any of his shots were going in in that game, just the uh, way he shot it? Like, no, not really. No, None of them really looked like – none of them looked confident. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and tonight I think, 
you know, he really got after on the defensive end and just played with such a, a positive, you know, infectious energy that I think all of his shots looked much better uh, to me tonight where he's stepping into him much more confidently, wasn't really thinking about it. Um, and then the great part about, you know, the way that he played defense was it had the magic in such a deep hole, pretty much almost like single-handedly what he was able to do to just completely turn off Bancaro um, and, you know, make it tough on the rest of the defense that then they were up 30 at halftime. So then in the second half, he was really able to play into more of a rhythm uh, and they gave him the ball a lot more to try to help him find a rhythm uh, offensively. And it was a, that's a great credit to his teammates, right? His teammates knew that, you know, he really came into tonight evidently wanting to uh, turn the page from that Dallas loss and play much better and, and be a, a reason why they won this game um, rather than a key reason why they lost. Um, and that's exactly what happened. They all gave him the ball um, a lot more to try to put it on the deck and drive. Um, he had 11 points in the second half. I don't, I don't think he missed a shot in the second half. Um, mm. and just showcased more of what he's able to do. And, and, you know, you'd hope that, you know, that's the reason why he stayed out on the floor, you know, played 35 minutes in this blowout win. And that was because they want to try to help him, you know, regain some confidence, find some rhythm on the offensive end of the floor and, and hope that that can carry over, uh, against a team like Boston, who's going to you know do a good job of taking away your first option, your second option and force, you know, the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth guys to, to beat him. Uh, and so, We'll see if he can carry it over, but but really, really encouraging offensive game from him. And then and then again, just to drive it home, the nine rebounds um, was yeah. really, really impactful. Um, you know, even though, you know, even though Orlando 16 offensive rebounds, 12 second chance points, I still think that that number would have been a lot higher if Jaden McDaniels you know, wasn't in there as another seven foot guy to to help the Timberwolves rebound. Yeah. Uh, team best plus minus tonight. Plus That's 33. Right. Love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. All right. More deep dive from this one right after a quick word from BetterHelp. What are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or about your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it? Start thinking the opposite of new year, new you, and try ditching all the new year's resolutions for once and start expanding on what you already do right. Maybe that's organizing the closet or the garage. I know that's something that I always struggle with. Maybe you take those daily vitamin supplements and stay healthy during the new year. And now you're looking to take it to the next step. Well, therapy can help you find your best strengths and maximize your own specific skill set so you can ditch the extreme resolutions. Instead, therapy can help you make changes that really stick over the long term once and for all. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, give better health a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your time frame. And it's so easy. All you got to do, fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to start celebrating the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. All right, let's pick back up here. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, the new episode of uh, Locked on Wolves with Ben Beacon, I, I thought it was really interesting to hear him talk about kind of all the backlash, the Debbie Downers, the media really kind of pouring it on after the Wolves lost three of their last four. And I, I think he did a really great job of maybe talking some people off the ledge, so to speak, and, and put things into perspective. And that's the fact that even though this team 
Yeah, they hit a, a mini speed bump this last, what, nine, ten days, week and a half. The sky isn't falling. And I think it was a great reminder that even the best teams in the league, I mean, they're going to lose 25 games, right? Unless you're the Warriors or the Bulls during those, you know, historic seasons, you're losing 25 or more. That That's just how it works. So I know it's it's always easy to feel good now after a game like tonight that we just watched. But I don't know, just in the broad overview, help me assess just how good this team has been and how sustainable this success can be over the course of the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I well, I think there's kind of different areas that you want to look at. Like, what are they really good at? What what can sustain? What maybe will wax and wane a little bit? And then, you know, what is likely to still be a problem? I think, I think they're you know the the two biggest things to the Timberwolves that I think are the most sustainable. Um, you know, is their their number one defense um, in the paint, especially. They've done an excellent job of of making it tough for opponents to get into the paint and score. They have one of the best rim protectors in the history of basketball. They have um, there's some really strong perimeter defenders that um, you know make it tough for opposing defense or opposing ball handlers to get into the paint. Um, and, and they do a really good job of using their length to to contest shots. And they do an awesome job of. Uh, forcing opponents to take mid-range shots and uh, make it difficult for opponents to make those mid-range shots. I believe um, looking at tonight, even um, in the mid-range, I want to think, I want to say they held them to like, uh, I'm trying to find the number here. Yeah, 5 of 21, 24% in that 4 to 14 feet range. So that's something mm -hmm. that's going to continue, I think, to be really successful for the Timberwolves. Uh, the one thing that may change is, is their three-point defense has been up there with the best of them. So on that Dallas game, they would have lost by a lot more if they, you know, had made more of those open threes. Um, the Timberwolves have been up near the top of the league in terms of uh, defense on wide open threes, like their opponents shooting the lowest percentage. So that may change a little bit. But overall, I think their number one defense will continue to sustain. Um, what I do not think is is super sustainable, I guess, uh, for the Timberwolves is. Uh, <laughs> Is just their rebounding, right? I, I think okay. that this team just really struggles with teams that are really good at corner crashing. I think you're going to continue to see the Timberwolves struggle to rebound until they're able to figure that out. Um, they're they're still allowing, you know, offensive, you know, double digit offensive rebounds a game, double digit second chance points a game. I think that's something they're going to continue to struggle with uh, until, you know, it really becomes all five guys on the floor are able to rebound. Um, and then just in terms of uh, in terms of their offense, I really think that's going to wax and wane the whole season. They're going to continue to try different things. Um, guys are going to be in and out in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, guys are going to have tough shooting nights. I think we've seen from Nas Reed. You know, it's it's really kind of a roller coaster in terms of one night it might be twenty five, then mm. eight points, then twelve, then seventeen. Like it, it just hasn't been super consistent in terms of uh, you know playing to how many points a game he's averaging. Uh, I, I think that's going to wax and wane a little bit. The bench scoring is, is going to be something that they struggle with. I think overall, like they're 26 and 10 right now. I, I don't necessarily know what that pace is off the top of my head. It's probably like a 57 and 25 uh, pace, something like that. I, I don't think they'll win 57 games this season. Um, just because I don't think they're going to be able to find enough offense down the second half of the season. Um you know, to continue on this pace. Cause I think it's really hard to, you know, to play defense at the level they have. And that's why they've lost some of these games, right? Like it's really hard to win with defense for 82 games. I think for the Timberwolves to continue this pace, it's going to be on, you know, can they find enough offense on nights where their defense isn't great? 
Um, and that's my biggest question for the Timberwolves right now is that they've, they've really struggled to win games on nights when their defense hasn't been uh, awesome. Uh, and when you get into shootouts, it's really hard for this team to generate enough offense to win. And um, obviously the one thing that we don't know is, is obviously being the number one team in the West. Uh, the Timberwolves are going to be a player in the buyout market. Um, that's something that has, you know, I know Timberwolves fans are not used to hearing, but um, they have a really, really well-liked lead executive, really, really well-liked number one player in Anthony Edwards. That's going to attract guys in the buyout market. Um, and then I do think that the Timberwolves are going to make a trade or two trades uh, at, at the trade deadline, uh, mm-hmm. or I should say a move or two moves um, when you factor in trades and buyout guys. So um, so it's hard. So maybe they're able to address some of those things that I threw a little bit of cold water on offensively. But, um, you know, and, and who knows? I mean, it, it's just it's just kind of hard to tell. I think that their shot diet's going to stay the same, but uh, defensively, if they're able to to continue to, you know, force a lot of mid range shots, do really well defending those mid range shots, uh, I think that defense will will stay atop the league. What's a possible trade scenario you could see maybe unfolding for the Wolves, or maybe a guy or two you just kind of got floating in your mind that that you ha- kind of have circled now that that oh that guy makes sense he could fit here that would be a good option for the Wolves to maybe make a move on. Yeah, I think uh, Sadiq Bay, a guy with the Hawks, mm, um, yeah. kind of a, a floor spacing perimeter defender, you know, six seven switchable dude uh, can play off the catch pretty well. He's a guy the Timberwolves were very interested in acquiring at last year's trade deadline that that did not end up working out. Um, Monte Morris, another guy, has not played this season because of a quad injury, but is stuck on that Pistons roster. Uh, Connolly drafted him. He's been awesome for Denver for years and years. Um, Alec Burks, another guy on that Pistons roster, um, a really you know high high volume score, um, you know ten point nine points per game in just nineteen minutes a game, thirty eight point three percent. Uh, three-point shooter for his career, so uh, over 40% the last three seasons. So um, those are a few guys that that certainly would make sense that I could see the Timberwolves inquiring about. Um, but uh, but we'll see. I, you know, I think we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more on the basketball party tomorrow morning. But um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's fair to say like these problems won't get better. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just because I, I do think the Timberwolves are going to address some of them. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I guess kind of how that ages over the course of the next three, four months here. Uh, yeah, can't wait to listen to that conversation on the basketball party tomorrow morning. Um, hey, Ant, I don't know if you you knew this or saw it on the pregame broadcast. He needed four assists tonight to hit a thousand, which it's going to make him the fifth fastest in franchise history. He's going to pass Chauncey Billups. He ended with two. Again, he only played half the minutes tonight. What's that going to mean, though, tomorrow when he breaks that milestone, assuming he gets two assists for the Celtics tomorrow night? What's that say about his game and just the fast start this guy's had offensively? Yeah, he had three, so he just needs one tomorrow. Oh, he had, he had, a, late, he had okay. a late assist to Jaden in the, at the end of the game. I was I Love looked it. up because I was really hoping Love that it. that would have been the one because that right. would have been you know right. a fitting one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that you know, I think that he'll get there, obviously, tomorrow. But, um you know, I, I do think his his assist number in general is just something that's going to be really interesting to follow. Um, Dan Moore put out a, a really interesting quote from Chris Finch uh, pregame tonight um, talking about this, about, you know, kind of how do you, you know, mix, I guess, some of Ant's aggressiveness as a scorer with also the fact that he probably should be recording more assists, should getting should be getting his teammates more involved. And Chris Finch made a great point, said, hey, like aggressiveness doesn't just mean scoring. Like you can be really aggressive you know, to seek out spots on the floor that you can get to with the intent to play make for others. Uh, and so that's something that I think 
you know, we'll see a renewed effort of tomorrow, especially against a Celtics defense that has, you know, a lot of length, a lot of really strong defenders, especially in the perimeter. I know that Drew Holiday and uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis, their two best defenders, are both questionable for tomorrow's game and sound, sound you know, mm. pretty, pretty questionable uh, from what mm. I've read. Um, so we'll see if they play, but, um, you know, Ant's going to see a lot of, a lot of action on the ball. And so he's going to have to get off of it. Um, and I think, you know, if he is able to, to get off of the ball early or, or at least get past the, the first defender there and then kind of have a four on or a five on four situation on the backside, I think that, um, he'll be able to make some of those skip passes that we've been seeing and get there. But uh, I think tomorrow will be an interesting playmaking game for Ant for sure. Love it. All right. A couple quickies to close before we wrap up, but first a quick word. From FanDuel. Quick reminder tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150 in bonus bets when you place just a $5 money line wager. $150 in bonus bets when you throw down just $5 on any money line wager. And you don't even have to win. Used to be you had to win. Now you just throw down five bucks. Either way, that $150 in bonus bets is yours. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action. The app, so easy to use, and they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it, they got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season, and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today. America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Uh, I I say this a lot. Quick 60 seconds on this. Quick 60. I I mean it this time. 60 seconds on the magic. Uh, Because I know you can say this for a lot of teams, but when they get fully healthy, they're going to be a problem for some people, right? I mean, not a team. I get it that you plan on seeing a ton every year, but just your quick scouting report on them. I'm just curious after what I saw tonight, you can kind of see some raw talent there that just needs to be molded once they do get healthy. Yeah, I mean, they're missing their their best offensive player, in my opinion, in Franz Wagner. Uh, he's mm-hmm. kind of the engine of everything that they do offensively. Uh, he's a great playmaker. Uh, it's 6'8", got a lot of size, can switch multiple positions defensively. Uh, th- this is a defensive team, in my mind. They've got a lot of length, a lot of just dudes that have the dog in them, like Jalen Suggs and Wagner. And uh, Wendell Carter's an awesome defensive center that they have, too. Um, and they, and, you know, have, have just some fun kind of Swiss army guards, uh, that can do a lot of different things, can play on the ball, off the ball, can all defend. Um, the biggest issue for them is just, um, they don't have a lot of spacing offensively. And so I think the more that they're able to surround Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner with some more spacing, uh, and Jalen Suggs too, for that matter, I think the better they'll be, I think, you know, they've, they've been looking for more of a true point guard, uh, since they don't necessarily have it, they have kind of a lot of combo guards, um, so, you know, they might be a team that could be interested in, uh, in adding that in the off season. Um, but really, really deep team have a lot of guys that can contribute. Uh, it's just a matter of, um, you know, creating more space for their stars to work. Um, but, but the infrastructure is there. They've got a great head coach and Jamal Mosley, um, that they really like, and, um, you know, have a lot of young guys that are, they're playing well and, and really improving year over year, which is something that, that you obviously want to see, um, you know, if you're in the front office or coaching staff from your guys. Yeah, interesting team to follow over the next uh, two, three years or so, I'd say. Uh, Last one, how good was that cat dunk in the second quarter? Does that make the top five for him all time? Top 10, best of the season? Quick thoughts about that one, man, because that rocks me. 
I definitely good. think it makes the top five on uh, his career. I think it does too, because I, I think if you, if you, you know, mics off cameras off, you ask Carl Anthony towns who are five guys in the league that you want to have a poster dunk on. Uh, I think Mo Wagner would be on that list because of how much he's gotten under Carl's skin over the years. He had a poster dunk on Mo Wagner a few years ago. Um, and, and you know, got, got the ball to the basket while Mo was still on the ground and set it down, kind of stuck it in his chest while he was on the ground, which I yeah. thought was great. Yeah. Um, but the, the Timberwolves bench reaction to that dunk was incredible. So good. Um, the point, the, the pointing, at, pointing at him was awesome. And then Rudy Gobert, two poster dunks for big Rudy. Phenomenal. Um, Phenomenal. That, that was fun. So it was, it was just great to see the, the Timberwolves bigs really, really playing big and, uh, and getting nasty and, and throwing it down on, uh, you know, on some some guys, I think they're pretty happy to to get posters on. Yeah, well done tonight. As always, Wolves win it one thirteen ninety two. They fly straight to Boston tonight. Tip off tomorrow, six p.m. Central Standard Time. Yeah, go ahead. And one thing on that too, there's some nasty weather down there in, in Central Florida tonight. There was a tornado warning during the game. Oh boy! Um, so oh boy. I, that could result. I'm not not saying it will or won't. I'm obviously not a weatherman, but. Uh, could result in the Timberwolves' travel plans getting a little jacked up on the way to Boston, so that's just something to keep in mind uh, tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, well. and Jim Pete was having a hard time just grasping the fact that they had to travel from Orlando to Boston, You'd, dialing up the fourteen hundred mile trip. You know, seven hour plane I, ride. I think Marnie had to put him in check. Said, Jim. It's three hours, man. I, I get it. Back to backs are always. I tough. think that's the longest back to back you'll ever see. Uh, okay. Maybe Miami okay. to Boston is the okay. only one that's that's longer, but man, so it was warranted. One. Okay, yeah, maybe this is sure. the longest back to back. All right, yeah, um, yeah. Wolves need to go ice up. Hopefully, they get out of Orlando. Okay, we got to go ice up as well. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Huge shout out to everyone who joined us on the postcast. And quick reminder as well: you got to go check out all Jack's work on Twitter at jrborman13, and you can always check out Jack on the Minnesota basketball party with our guys, Sam Ekstrom, Reggie Wilson, Ron Johnson, every Wednesday afternoon as well. That'll do it for us tonight. One more plug. Sorry, I gotta, I can't help it. One more plug. You gotta go check out Ben Beacon over the Lockdown Wolves podcast if you haven't already as well. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out.